was a crazy weekend for everybody. Um, the disaster for the University of Alabama uh, in College Station. Texas blowing a 28-7 lead. A lot of fun this past weekend. And just maybe the best weekend of college football that we've had. It definitely was the best weekend we've had in probably years. Yeah, we, we had on In terms know. of closeness and, like, hype games, hyped-up games and closeness and, like, good finishes, that had to be one of the best weekends in multiple years. Well, we have, you know, what people don't know, we've put uh, full and complete dedication into this podcast and this network. We had an on-field sideline reporter at the game with Samuel, <laughs> and he felt the I electricity did. in the air. Was, how, how crazy was it? Those Aggies fans were freaking nuts. I mean, they were – I mean, they never stopped from kickoff to the very end of the game. It was like they were on something the whole time, like – and it was just buzzing the entire way. But, I mean, it was the loudest stadium I've ever heard. It really was. Taylor, what did you think about the game? I think uh, it was an embarrassment for the University of Alabama, um, which, honestly, they needed something like that to happen. I believe all Alabama fans internally got tired of watching Alabama beat teams 55 to nothing. It got boring. So, honestly, it was a good change of pace for Alabama. Uh, but, you know, as a fan of Alabama, it also hurts. I think that there's a slim chance they'll make it in the playoffs. If they play like that again, obviously it's over. Yeah, it's you, can't, over. you can't get beat by Texas A&M. I mean, yeah. that – you just can't. Number one team in the nation, a team that wasn't even ranked. A little bit of an embarrassment. I mean, I was really, really mad, like, as soon as the game ended. But, like, the next more, I was still mad the next day. But, like, the longer time went by, I was like, okay, it's time. We got to move on. Like, look for the next well, game. I'll tell you this. Hopefully, in years past, it's made us better after a loss. So, that's what we got to hope for. Because, I mean, we lost to Ole Miss one year and then cruised. With Jake Coger the rest of the way, beat Clemson. You so know, hopefully, hopefully it'll make us better. In the yeah, end. well, just back to that real quick. You know, the worst decision Coach Saban's made in his tenure at the University of Alabama was starting Cooper Bateman in that game over uh, Jake. Um, the worst mistake he's made. Then obviously Jake went on and had a absolutely fantastic year that year. But I think that this will bring some excitement to not only Alabama fans but to the season uh now that you know there's no wiggle room you know if we had lost to georgia or you know alabama lost to georgia and the sec championship both teams would have been in and that's not the case anymore well i mean it's really always like that but now it's just more noticeable now that alabama actually lost the game yeah nobody ever thinks about alabama losing a regular season game much so right now it's reality so it's amazing to me, you know, I had Auburn fans who were calling me, said, how about Alabama, when Auburn even got beat Saturday. <laughs> um, so, you know, it was a big loss because Auburn's more excited about the loss yeah. than their loss, which is about just, 24 know, points, by the way. Right. Yeah, by 24 exactly. points, right. Well, well, Taylor, I want to ask you about your, you know, your favorite team, the you know, University of Texas. <laughs> um, listen, listen, everybody is bagging on Sark. And it was just disappointing, that you know, the way the second half was played and the way the game was called and everything. But I think Texas fans got a lot to be excited about. I think they got a lot of talent. If he gets some guys up front, I think they're going to be really good. I think you're exactly right. See, they are literally basing their entire offense around Deshaun Robinson. They're, they've got a great running back. But outside of that, it's just not very strong in my mind. I think the wide receiver core is okay. 
Uh, it's just offensive lines here. Worthy's he, pretty good. Worthy's look, pretty good. Worthy's yeah. okay. I want to yeah. share a quote from my uncle and y'all's cousin, Robert, and that is that liberalism kills football teams. Yeah, and until Texas gets rid of their liberalism, they're never going to win another national championship. And they're going to keep losing heartbreaking, heartbreaking games like this over and over. Well, I don't know about that, but <laughs> but but I will say this: um, it's obvious, you know, whenever Texas played Arkansas, that what people don't understand, you know, that don't play the game or have, you know, don't understand football, up front is what wins championships now. Not really? offense, not defense, but how good you are, you know, up front, off, you know, offensive line and defensive line in your front seven. I mean. Yeah. I mean, there was a there was a point in that game where the Oklahoma running back broke probably seven tackles on the way to a first down, and I was like, that was when Texas was up twenty one in the first quarter, and I was like, uh, this could be a problem. Like, I know they're up twenty one, but if they if they're tackling like that the rest of the game, then Oklahoma can put up sixty points and win this game. Exactly. And that's. Yeah. What ended up happening? I still right. didn't think it would happen, but right. Well, Caleb Williams is the real reason they won. I, you know, just thinking about the past weekend, how great it was, and I think we got a couple guys in the hot seat, especially Ed. David, uh, obviously. No God! No God! Please no! 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 <laughs> <laughs> obviously, but I think Ed's out at LSU. Um, and, you know, obviously USC is looking for a new guy. So there's going to be some definitely vacant spots that come open. So but go ahead. I want to ask you all a question. On the Ole Miss game, Sam Pitt, uh, Arkansas almost winning that. Would you all have go, gone for two in that situation at the end of the game or, kick, or gone for overtime? I 100% would not have went for two, and I'll tell you why. Yeah. Arkansas is a really good football team. And they could have won that game in overtime. Oh, yeah. And they had the momentum, too. They were like – I mean, Ole Miss had just scored, but Arkansas had just scored like the last three out of the four touchdowns. Let's let's just say for reference that um, Texas A&M and Alabama went overtime last week. And let's say Texas A&M scores and they can go for two for the win. I 100% – think they can because the longer you play against a better team the less chance that you have of winning the game and I thought Arkansas was just as good as Ole Miss and I thought it was a huge mistake by Sam big mistake big huge but um, anyways looking forward to next weekend we do have some games it's not going to be as exciting as this weekend but obviously the tide turns to Mississippi State and crazy enough Mississippi State beat A&M and Bama is still an 18-point favorite, and I would still, you know, uh, play Alabama in that play. Uh, you mean, you're talking about Mississippi State game? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not as confident in covering the spread, but I just think we're, we're going to play better against a passing first team like Mississippi State. Like, the trend I've noticed is that we've been terrible against running teams like Florida and A&M. And that, that could have just been because they were both on the road, but I think it's a combination of both. So I think we're going to come into the Davis-Wade Stadium and we're going to get on the board first. We're going to run it up early, and uh, they won't be able to play from behind. That's what I think will happen. See, I just think it's because we have weak defensive line this year. I mean, every, like you're right, every team we face that has just a good off- a good running offense we struggle with. Like, you know, you said Florida and obviously Texas A&M. 
So I, I don't know what Saban's going to do in the offseason, but my God, he needs to recruit some people who can do their who can do their job and who are yeah. up front. If we don't have a revamped defensive line next year, that'll be the fourth, third, or fourth year in the in a yep. row where we've had a very very weak one. Well, I mean, the longer you go without a, with a weak one, the lo- uh, the less your chances of being elite are. Well, I mean, t- what happened to Mount Cody? You know what I'm saying? Like, why can't why can't we get well, one of those guys? Now? It's a different type of game now. You can't really have guys that size. But to Taylor, the speed of the other team. But, but to Taylor, to Taylor's point, is they're running right between the A and B gaps whenever they break one. You never see them going off tackle or anything like that. And you know. In the past, when you have Deron Payne and Dallin Tomlinson and Jonathan Allen and Deshaun Hand and all these great right. guys, it's become evident that they see that DJ Dale is not the usual defensive I mean, tackle for the right. Alabama. I mean, I think we could just we could totally fix it right here, right now, and that's by putting in Tim Smith in the game. And just have and just clog up the middle, man. It's like, time to do it. We it's part it's part of the blame has got to be on our coaching to deep, especially our defensive coordinator and Saban. Right. But like, come on, can we like at least have a little bit of flexibility in terms of defensive scheming? Like, it's every game's the same for every every team, no matter what type of team they are. Like, we need to have more flexibility on that. Spectrum. And and I don't want to, you know, completely. Because Coach Saban's the greatest coach to ever do it. But sometimes you need an outside voice, even if you're the best, to shed some light on what the issue is. You know, just like me or anybody in any profession, you don't see a lot of the times the mistakes that you're making. You need somebody else to come in and give you a second opinion. Just like if you're going to the doctor, you just don't want to go off that one doctor's opinion on a bad diagnosis. You need somebody else to look at the film. And I think that Pete may be – you know, just not looking through the lens of somebody else, in other words. Yeah. And it's obvious. I mean, it's obvious to me. I know you'll hear fans, oh, our secondary is terrible and our linebacker plays bad. I don't think that's, that's the case not true at all. At all. At all. I, I just – I don't see that whatsoever. If anything, our secondary keeps us in the freaking game. Like, I agree. Knocking down balls and whatnot. But they can't. They can't make the tackles up front. I mean, what do you want them to do? Like, they can't stop. They can't stop Isaiah Spiller from shooting up the middle of the offensive line. I think Taylor right now is getting attacked by a bee's nest. He's having to wave him away. <laughs> but go ahead, T. Yeah. See, I think you guys are just right. I mean, up. I mean, on the defensive side of the ball, I think our linebackers are good. Our secondaries are fine. Just our defensive line is just. You know, it's just not what it used to be. And it's turned into more of a speed position rather than just being big. And you have to have a combination. It can't just be a speed position. You know, so that's just how it works. Well, um, looking forward to the next weekend. I know Coach Saban and the Tide will get it turned around. Um, It's just hopefully there's enough time to make those adjustments. Um, I really hope for that. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other big games this weekend. Um, Samuel, do you know any? Arkansas Auburn, right? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. right. Uh, Kentucky and Georgia is kind of a low key. Hey, I, I will tell I, I will tell you guys another line. And again, our pick five will come out this Friday, a podcast we do. And will everybody pick five? And we have a running board over here. 
I think Taylor, the lead, by the way. Taylor was 16 and four before last weekend. I don't know what he is now. And I was 10 and 10, and Samuel was, I believe, above 500, but I can't remember. But we'll let you guys know that on our podcast on Friday. But the one I was looking at before we go is Ole Miss at Tennessee. And this is kind of crazy. Ole Miss is only a two and a half point favorite. Yeah. Uh, I'm weighing that all day and twice on Sunday. Yeah. I know the hypo's got to be improved, but I'm still yeah. – I'm, I'm going to – no, that's – They've ran up the score on uh, some pretty bad teams, Missouri and South Carolina. That's got the uh, betters I think excited, you, but, By uh, the way, I think you got a fire drink wits from, our, from Missouri. <laughs> I don't know, but – They're so bad, that, Samuel. They're, they, uh, they are so bad. They are it, might, it might not be entirely his fault, but I mean, it was uh, his first, second year or something. They are so bad. Well, it's also a cultural change. Whenever you have you're going into a school like Missouri, who's a good football school, but it's not a powerhouse, you've got to have a cultural change, like for a coach, right? right? You can't have a coach who's just complacent, and it just seems like Missouri is completely fine with being mediocre. Um, and that's being six and six. Yeah. Exactly, and that, and you know, and if that's what you want, drink what's will probably get you that every couple of years. But, anyways, um, guys, that's our recap show and our kind of a look forward to next weekend. Friday, our pick five will drop uh, again. Taylor's throwing out some winners right now, and hopefully, you guys will follow. I just want to say one more thing. I just want to say one more thing. How about the Iowa Hawkeyes? Yeah, well, a cheap, a cheap ass win. Uh, I mean, damn, Sean Clifford goes out of the game, soft ass. Yeah, I, I guess been, you guys can tell who who had who between me and Caleb yeah. in that game. Yeah, I've been saying it all year. I was is an unbelievable team when they beat Indiana. I knew it. You know, I'm not saying they're you know amazing. They really don't play huge teams, but for what they usually are, they're really good. So, I mean, I'm pulling for Iowa. I hope they win the national championship. <laughs> <laughs> I will bet my house. Georgia. I will bet my house, my car, my family, and my firstborn that they don't even get there. I bet they lose in the first round of the semis or in the semis that I'll bet everything that's associated with my name that they lose. You keep, you keep doubting those Hawkeyes. When they man. play Cincinnati in the semis, you're going to be really sick. <laughs> 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 uh, for people that don't know, uh, me and Samuel have a bet that if Desmond Ritter wins the Heisman Trophy, I'm basically going to, you know, he's going to have my firstborn child. Uh, <laughs> that's all I'm going to owe him. But, again, guys, I appreciate everybody listening to the show. Remember, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or really anywhere – you get podcasts, and we'll see you guys next week. God bless. Don't have a great night. Have an American night.